This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we've got a skeleton crew in the, uh, in the studio today. It's me and Rita and Judge Weinberg, what happened to everybody else? We scared them off. It's Halloween. He's coming up. We My scared God. them off. That's it. We don't need anybody. Look at, listen, we've got a lot of fire in the studio, John, absolutely, today. There's a absolutely. lot of passion here. I mean, we got a, a great, uh, uh, guest audience, tell us who you have. Yeah, we've got Michael Goodwin coming up in a second. It is also, by the way, our Back the Blue Day. And I want to tell everybody, 77 WABC listeners, today, 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda, Back the Blue, with special programming we've had all day long. It's, of course, saluting all of our police officers everywhere. We thank you for your honor and dedication as you protect and serve. And everybody, be sure to download the 77 WABC app and listen to our great special programming all day. A, and we had a great event this morning led by led by John and Chad Lopez. Fantastic. Was, and, and, uh, and Sid Rosenberg. It was a great event. It was very well attended. And Dominic did a great panel, too. My buddy Dominic and, Carter did and, a great panel. And, and absolutely. It was a terrific panel. And it'll be showed on, uh, it'll be on our uh, website, wabcradio.com. Awesome. Uh, on a, a panel that was uh, uh, very high-ranking uh, police officers. Uh, one uh, the uh, from Nassau County, the police commissioner. Yeah, Pat Ryder. Pat Ryder was there. And uh, you know what's so great? I love how we honor our men and women in blue. They need to be appreciated. We need their support more than ever, given everything happening in the world. And by the way, also later on in the show, you definitely want to stay tuned, everybody. We have Senator Ted Cruz coming up. Uh, we have Bill Bratton, as we talked about with our Back the Blue, uh, former NYPD chief, also Terrence Moynihan. And so many more, Bob Unanway, General Jack Keene. We have an all-star lineup today. And, you know, one of the big issues, Judge, first off, we've got a new House Speaker as of a that few minutes ago. If you believe in a two-party system, a function in government, that the legislative branch of the federal government should be working, thank God we have a new Speaker. We lost a great Speaker in Kevin McCarthy, but the new gentleman from Louisiana. Mike Johnson. Is I understand. Very talented guy. You know what I like about him? I don't know him. I don't. Does anybody know him? I've interviewed him before. Um, Very nice, faith-filled guy. uh, Very steadfast about his belief. Has a great story. His father was a firefighter, sadly, who was very injured. But he talks about yes, young, very young. I've seen him a number of times on television. He's a very impressive guy. He's quiet, soft-spoken, but very smart. Knows his business. I was very impressed when I saw him on television. You know what I love? The first thing that he said, the first order of business, and they did it, was passing a resolution supporting Israel. That says it all. That's the new house, and I'm glad they're getting back to work right away. Uh, well, and joining us now to talk about all of this and so much more is Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, 
Michael Goodwin. Uh, Michael, so much kind of a tangling between Israel and the new house. First, your reaction that we finally have a new house speaker. And what was so shocking, Michael, was it was unanimous. We haven't seen that in a little bit. <laughs> right. Yes, it's uh, it's just a more of a sigh of relief than anything else. I mean, I, I guess the Republicans ran out of bullets with which to shoot themselves. And so they decided to uh, end the circular firing squad and pick a speaker. I mean, I have to say that this, I think, has been uh, chaos and embarrassing and a real black eye for the Republican Party. Um, Do you you understand, uh, Michael, do you understand? Well, you understand what's going on and uh, and uh, and do you know this person? I don't know. I've only ever heard of him and and seen him speak today. Uh, Look, I think that he says all the right things. The question is, can he herd these cats? Can he get them to deliver? And if he can, this period will, I think, be forgotten. But if this is just the opening act to more chaos and more division and more inability to govern, then they will forfeit the right to govern and they will lose the House next year. And, Michael, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to ask you this. You wrote this column, which I thought was very compelling. It has to do with does Obama and Biden really support Israel? And what are your thoughts about it? Because I have real concerns about that. Look, I think that uh, I have those concerns, too, Richard. And it it begins with the Obama-Biden administration and particularly its relationships with Iran, the sweet-talking uh, I mean, Obama just had all the wrong ideas about the Mideast. He alienated Saudi Arabia, he alienated Israel, and he courted Iran. I mean, it's just totally backwards. And Biden, unfortunately, picked up the same thing. Now, a lot of that is about the Democratic Party's feud with Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu has been prime minister uh, for almost 16 years now, and the Democrats hate him. Uh, And so they have always looked at Israel through the eyes of Netanyahu, I'm afraid, and the last two Democratic presidents. And this has not worked well. Netanyahu is now weakened, but for many of the Obama years, he was a very strong and popular prime minister. And I think that what they have tried to do, what Biden has tried to do now, is the worst of all possible things here. This idea of sort of squeezing Israel to do uh, to handle Gaza in the way the Americans want it to be handled, primarily for America's own purposes as well as what it thinks is in Israel's best interest. But Joe Biden and Obama had such terrible judgment about the Mideast, about you know, this question of a Palestinian state. I mean, Mahmoud Abbas, who's what is now in what the 16th year of a four year term, uh, said that Obama told him not to negotiate with the Israelis until Israel made big concessions over settlements. And so there were no, neg- no negotiations during the Obama years. I mean, it's that kind of stupid advice that they gave to the Palestinians that just reinforced the kind of rejectionism that has characterized the Palestinian leadership, of course, starting with Yasser Arafat. Well, and also, Uh, but you know what's interesting, too, Michael? Here we are to present day. I just was watching President Biden a little bit ago, 
And and it's the same like, uh, you know, it's this mamsy pamsy, uh, like you said. Uh, and even just literally, I think it was like two hours ago, he was asked, what are you going to do? Um, there have been attacks here, you know, on U.S. bases by Iran. Are you going to go? Well, you know, if they do something, we may hold them responsible. But and then have, in the same breath. Yes. there have been attacks. Yes. 22 servicemen have been injured. One contractor was killed. What is he waiting for? Yeah, it's this mamsy-pamsy sort of gray area. And that doesn't beget leadership, not just in America, but around the world right now. Well, and certainly Iran you know, will not stop until it's stopped. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go to war, but the old Roman adage that if you want peace, prepare for war. And that's where I think uh, Biden has been especially off base. This idea that you can always keep turning the other cheek. You can always keep uh, ignoring, for example, ignoring the fact of what is obvious Iranian involvement in the Hamas attack on Israel. Uh, just, oh, we haven't seen any direct evidence. Now, everybody in the world has seen it, but the White House refuses to see it because it would, it would call their bluff. And I think that these attacks on, on American bases in Syria and, and Iraq are getting more frequent and more serious. Now you've got American injuries. Is that okay? I mean, that is precisely the kind of environment in which Donald Trump uh, droned uh, Soleimani, the head of the Iranian terror group, the Quds Force. That's the sort of message that Iran understands. It doesn't understand this appeasement and sweet talk. It just takes advantage of it. It'll take any concession you give it, put it in its pocket, and then use that money to fund more terror regimens. So, as I say, Obama and Biden got the Mideast backwards, and they are primarily responsible, I believe, for the sense of isolation that Israel is now experiencing. Michael, what I understand is uh, that Saudi Arabia being Sunni uh, and aligning themselves with uh, Israel panicked Iran, which is uh, Shia. Shia. Shia, and they panicked and started to stir the pot to stop the alliance of Israel and the Sunni. Now, you go back to Biden and uh, and uh, Obama, they were pro-Iran, pro-Shia. Shia. And that's why the other reason uh, Saudi Arabia hates Biden. And that's what it comes down to. And uh, I'm wondering why people don't realize that it's a very simple uh, answer. Well, look, I, th- I think Iran's malignancy um, is not limited to the Shia. I mean, Hamas, for example, is considered a Sunni group. Uh, so they will they will fund any terrorist in any nation of any sect of Islam. But I do think you're right, John, about the impact of Saudi Arabia's move toward normalization with Israel. Uh, it's been in the works. It picked up a lot of speed under the Trump years, during the Trump years, because of the Abraham Accords. And had Trump been reelected, it would have been a done deal fairly quickly. Uh, but the, the revolutionary spirit of the Iranians, I mean, Henry Kissinger once said, Iran has to decide whether it's a country or a cause. 
And it is still a cause. There's no question about it. He said that many years ago. It is still a cause. It still foments revolution wherever it puts its dirty fingers. And so when you feed that beast with oil money, with concessions, by lifting sanctions, you just encourage and you end up funding all of their malign activities. And I think the the refusal of the Saudis to go forward, unfortunately, with Israel now, is unfortunately understandable because Iran will attack. They'll unleash their their uh, proxies in Yemen and restart the, the war with Saudi Arabia. I mean, and this, look, the Saudis are not great fighters. They don't want to have a war with anybody. And so they're going to take the path of least resistance. And that's what they've done here. Uh, And look, Iran will backstab them the first chance it gets. So I really feel like across the Mideast, America has lost a lot of ground, a lot of respect. Nobody really fears Joe Biden. And this is part of why I think Israel is increasingly on an island by itself. Um, and Michael, before we let you go, I want to ask you about the other big story today, too. This just happened. Trump uh, got fined again on a gag order. I never thought I'd see this. ACLU says Trump gag order in the D.C. election interference case violates the First Amendment. Obviously it does, but finally they're saying something. Um, but but it's interesting, uh, and Trump apparently stormed out of court today in the New York case. Uh, what are you hearing on all that? Well, look, I, I, I'm happy to hear the ACLU said that. Um, I, I think there are many constitutional issues in all of these Trump cases. There's there's something fishy, certainly, about the you know this whole Letitia James case. There's something fishy about the Georgia case, something fishy about the Alvin Bragg case, something very, very fishy about the federal cases, uh, about documents and things. Where's the case against Joe Biden for having classified documents? Where's the Hunter Biden prosecution? All of these, the Justice Department seems to be as crooked as all these other prosecutors. Nonetheless, having said all that, having believed strongly that we now have a two-tier system of justice, I'm a little tired of Donald Trump's antics. Uh, I understand he's, he feels like he's in a fight. He's, he's disgusted with Michael Cohen coming back and all of that. But there are bigger things going on in the world right now. Boy, are and there. I think Donald <laughs> Trump, if he really wants to begin to attract some new votes, uh, he really needs to focus on what matters to the country and not just himself. And I, uh, I think his throwing these fits, getting fined for all of that, I, I, I haven't been in the courtroom, so I don't know what his demeanor is. I can, I can imagine, though, the judge is set up. But I really think that he needs to re- recognize that his continual spats with people uh, do not carry as much weight the longer they go on. People get tired of this, and they're particularly when there are really big things going on in the world that have to do with America's security. That's what's going on right now. I we agree. Are, we are we are really under the gun around the world. Yep, and Michael, and, we have a heart out in like two seconds here, but yeah, but that, no, Michael, that, thank you it. so We're much. Under the gun. Yep, thank Michael, you. we you are right. Where boy is the world on fire right now? Um, Michael, thank you so much. We love you and we appreciate you. Such huge issues. And calling us back is going to be Senator Ted Cruz. Is he on yet, or is it after the break? Right after the break, or hang. I think yeah. 
Okay. okay. Actually, he's on right now. He's on All right, right now. Yeah, let's, the, uh, let's take the senator. <laughs> All right. We have uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Senator, it's so great to have you here. Rita, great to be with you, John. Thanks for having me. You know, huge issues today with everything uh, yes. with Israel. Now we finally have a House speaker as of a few hours ago. Your thoughts? We have Senator? a House speaker, but <laughs> nobody in the world, no, nobody in the United States knows him. And uh, you know him at all, Senator. So I do. I, I know Mike quite well. So Mike Johnson is, is a House member from Louisiana. He's a very smart guy. He's a lawyer. He's a constitutional lawyer before he was... In the House, he did constitutional litigation. He's got a career defending things like free speech and religious liberty. He's someone I've worked with closely, uh, in particular filing amicus briefs at the U.S. Supreme Court, defending religious liberty and and defending the constitutional rights of Americans. And and I think Mike is a very good choice. I, I am glad to see it was chaotic. It was bumpy, the process getting there. Uh, but I'm very glad to see that that, that we now have a speaker, and, and I am optimistic Mike's going to do, do a good job. I've already already reached out to him and told him I'm happy to work with him any way I can, and we've got a lot of work to do. We've, we've got the, the challenges facing this country extraordinary right now, and, and, and we need to be rolling up our sleeves and getting to work, and I'm confident that's what Mike plans to do and what the House majority plans to do. And uh, Senator Ted Cruz, you know, the first thing that they did do, which I thought sent a really strong message, was this resolution supporting Israel. Um, I think it's so important. We're watching this big walkout that's happening at all the college campuses across the country. What what can we do to rain? It's shocking to me to see that. Right. It really is terrible. Our our college campuses have become these leftist pits. They've been taken over by cultural Marxists and, and the far left. They hate America and they hate Israel. They are rabidly anti-Semitic. And the reaction at so many of our colleges across this country to this horrific terror attack on Israel has just been shocking. Uh, what, what, what Hamas did on October 7th was indescribably evil. They sent death squads from house to house to house, murdering every person in the house, murdering them simply because they were Jewish, deliberately targeting civilians, targeting the elderly, targeting children, raping women, raping young girls and dragging them out on the street, beheading and burning alive infants. These were Nazi tactics carried out using Nazi methods, and it is the single largest mass murder of Jews in one day since the Holocaust. It was horrific. It was a war crime. And what was the response of leftists on our university? Well, my alma mater, Harvard, 35 student groups put out a statement saying all of the violence is entirely the fault of Israel. It was ignorant. It was a lie. It was disgraceful. And and it makes an awful lot of us embarrassed of the institution. And then the Harvard the Harvard administration put out a mealy mouth statement. They couldn't bring themselves to condemn it as being ignorant and anti-Semitic. And it makes you wonder what in the hell are they teaching kids at these universities that, that, that is creating this toxic pit of hatred. I understand it's a lot of these universities. Columbia in New yep. York announced that they, uh, Judge, you read the article, announced that they're giving up their fundraising uh, they were supposed to, today was peacefully. They're supposed to begin a fundraising drive and they're giving it up. And the time Columbia is, is so, uh, uh, scared that, uh, they're, they're all, the people they're calling are telling them no way because of your attitude and, uh, pro Hamas, uh, attitude. 
Senator, it's, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. I want to ask you this. Have you seen any responsible Muslim leaders in the United States condemn these atrocities? Have you seen any organizations that have spoken out against this? The silence is deafening. Where is the moral conscience, not only of our young people and the future of America, but about we're supposed to be living in a diverse society, respecting each other, working together. Where are the so-called moderate Muslims condemning the atrocities of terrorists? Well, I am hopeful that there are some at the local level, but I cannot name you any right now. And I can tell you at the national level, you look, for example, at the squad uh, in the House of Representatives, the radical left, they have been shamelessly anti-Israel and anti-Semitic. I'll tell you the video of Rashida Tlaib walking along being asked, what do you think about children being murdered, about women being raped, about infants being burned alive? And she refused to answer. Uh, Just yesterday, the Secretary General of the United Nations, uh, Guterres, gave a a horrific, a shocking speech, a, a speech that blamed Israel, a speech that equated Israel and Hamas and tried to draw moral relativity. It lied. It claimed that Hamas was doing this because of suffocating occupation. Gaza's not occupied. Israel left Gaza. Hamas is in charge of Gaza. And is it miserable there? Yes, because Hamas takes just about every penny of international aid meant for schools and hospitals and water pipes, and they turn them into weapons because their only priority is murdering Jews, and they deliberately use Palestinians as human shields. I got to tell you, I've called for the Secretary General of the United Nations to resign. The government of Israel has called for the Secretary General of the United Nations to resign. As you guys know, I do a podcast every week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's called Verdict with Ted Cruz. Today's podcast is entirely about the United Nations, about the disgraceful speech, about the reaction to it, and also about Biden's nominee to be the U.S. ambassador to Israel, Jack Lew, whose record on Israel and Iran is terrible as well, and and he has been the point of the spear at the U.N. behind much of this anti-Israel effort. Yeah, you know what? It is stunning to hear it from the U.N., just as you said, uh, Senator Ted Cruz. So how how do you see this playing out, too, right now when we have a wide-open southern border? That's the other thing. Before we let you go, I am so... Uh, disgusted. And you know better than anybody, you're right there in a border state, even though every state's a border state, thanks to this president. But we've had over 160 on the terror watch list cross into America that are on the terror watch list. Those are just the ones we know about. The risk on our southern border is is massive. And I'm sorry to tell you that today, I believe we are at the greatest risk for a major terrorist attack in the United States than we have been any day since September 11th. Let me give you a couple of stats in terms of illegal immigrants apprehended on the terror watch list. Go back to 2017. We apprehended two people on the terror watch list. 2018, we apprehended six. 2019, we apprehended zero. 2020, We apprehended three. So it was typically in the low single digits. Then 2021, what happened? Joe Biden becomes president. 2021, we apprehended 15. 2022, we apprehended 98. 
And 2023, we have apprehended 169 people we've identified as high risk to be terrorists. I'll give you some of the stats. And, and, and Senator, we have to go to the airport and take our shoes off and our belts off yep. to go through. Meanwhile, the terrorists are just walking through the border. That, that's exactly right. There's no security whatsoever. We've apprehended 659 people from Iran. We've apprehended 164 from Lebanon, 139 from Yemen, and, and 123 from Iraq. And importantly, these are the people we know about. These are actually not the ones that worry me the most. The ones that worry me the most are what they call gotaways. And we have about 1.5 million gotaways. Those are people the Border Patrol spotted, but they escaped. And the reason those are such a high risk is if you don't have anything bad in your background, you just turn yourself into the Border Patrol because Joe Biden puts you on a plane or a bus and sends you to New York City, sends you to whatever city in America you want to go to. The gotaways, they are typically criminals, they're murderers, they're rapists, they're child molesters, they're gang members. Or they're terrorists, and we have 1.5 million, and those numbers continue to grow. We are inviting, this Biden administration is inviting another terror attack, just like the kind that we are horrifically seeing in Israel. Yeah, very sad. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, we love you. We appreciate you keeping up the good fight to protect our homeland and protect uh, democracies like our great ally Israel. Thank you. We love Thank having you, you Senator. on, Senator. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too. And coming up, it's our big we're back the take blue a break. day. Yep. It's big the back, back the blue day, back and we're going to have former Commissioner uh, Bill Bratton to find out, well, what's going on in our NYPD, and and uh, let's take that break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And a news alert, Congressman Jamal Bowman has pleaded guilty for pulling the fire alarm. Remember, he was trying to hold up one of the votes. Uh, That's a serious uh, Offense. Very Absolutely. serious. I mean, and what are they going to do? Are they just going to tap him on the? Uh, uh, what right. do you, th- you think they're going to do? Well, it means that they clearly have him on the videotape pulling it. Remember, wait, who wait, said wait. it was an accident. Let's see. Let's see what the new speaker does. Yes. His yes. first 
test. And let's not forget, John, Jamal Bowman is a former principal and former teacher who ran drills on the fire alarms in schools. So you he can't what, make he it knew up. what he was doing. He, he, he was wanted doing. to stop the vote. Yes, he did. He did. And now he has pled guilty. So let's see what happens. Charged with pulling the Capitol Hill we fire alarm. Well, we have former New York commissioner of the police department, the great NYPD commissioner, Bill Bratton. Uh, commissioner, thank you so much for joining us. We're doing a big back the blue day. And it would not be complete without you. Um, you know, we were just talking with Senator Ted Cruz about protecting the homeland. I know something, Commissioner, you are so passionate about is making sure uh, that there aren't these cuts uh, that are happening to counterterrorism of all times at the NYPD. Talk about why that's so important. Well, what's going on in the world today reinforces that, that the uh, fear of increased threat activity uh, principally from the homegrown terrorist type at, at actor, but also just some of the spontaneous stuff that we're seeing around the country of uh, as the tensions increase between uh, the Jewish population, the Arab population, Palestinians. Uh, in our city, uh, where we're the most diverse city uh, in the world, basically, uh, it's even more critical that uh, there's so much hatred directed at this city from the terrorists and their supporters they have entities that are capable of protecting and defending us. Two of those entities, or three of them actually, uh, first was created by Commissioner Ray Kelly, right after 9-11, thousand detectives working to counter those threats, and they've done a phenomenal job. Uh, almost every one of them uh, since 2001 have been detected and prevented. But during my time, we created two units, two uniform units, 600 officers each. Uh, those are the officers you see with the long guns, the helmets, the bulletproof vests, outside the various consulates, outside the uh, uh, synagogues, outside the uh, mosques. Uh, in our city council, with their continuing attacks on the police, with their continuing refusal to hire more police, with their continuing criticism of overtime used by the police that is necessary because there aren't enough police, uh, they have uh, basically reduced the ability of the city to defend itself. And they need to be ashamed of themselves for their uh, uh, policies and procedures and hostility toward the NYPD. They are our first and last line of defense. They do a great job. And working with our federal colleagues and the various federal agencies have kept New York safe. But, boy, there's a lot of stresses and strains on them. Now, what do you want to say also, Commissioner Bratton, about how important it is supporting our men and women in blue right now with so many things that are going on, uh, you know, between uh, – Mideast, all the protests, you've got the the border. There are just so many things on their plate. I think it's so important to support it. Whenever I see them, uh, we, we thank them. Today we did a big, big press conference honoring them. But just how tough it is to be a cop these days. Well, first and foremost, Rita, you and John, thank you for your steadfast support of the police, not just the New York City police, but police across the country. Uh, they need it because there's so many people that are constantly attacking them. Uh, the Times we are living in are extraordinarily stressful, not only the worldwide tensions, a lot of which are um, uh, focused here on New York, but also our day-to-day tensions, the uh, fact that we have so many emotionally disturbed people who are not being dealt with effectively on our streets, the fact that we continue to screw up dealing with our drug-affected population, and thirdly, the uh, the homeless uh, situation that we are still not been able to deal with those three uh, uh, maladies 
homelessness, emotionally disturbed, and narcotics addicted uh, that are creating uh, so much fear in our streets, and particularly our subways. Subways uh, have got a great chief heading up the transit police, working very hard. They uh, put additional cops into the subways, but to put cops in the subways, they have to take them out of the precincts and put them into the subways. Because there are not enough cops. Commissioner, and, before uh, before we take a break, when I uh, was in the introductions at the press conference this morning, I made three suggestions. One, that we should do what happened in 1991 when Judge Weinberg was there with uh, 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 Peter Valone and David Dinkins and get funding uh, and get another 5,000 police officers in New York. That was number one. Number two, uh, the fact uh, that uh, uh, we should give affordable affordable housing to our police officers to live in, in New York versus living 40 miles away. And I, I think they deserve it because we need them in our city. And uh, number three, what was number three? Number another. three was do one and two very well. <laughs> no, well <laughs> it was number three. But, but uh, any comment on that? Well, rather than uh, uh, housing subsidy to live in the city, I, I don't happen to believe, John, that you have to live in the city where you No, it's not optional. Optional. No, but what I would suggest is basically uh, the point that you're making uh, uh, is the idea that our police are not paid enough. That's uh, quite clear that when you look at the salary levels of police departments around the country, uh, New York still, despite the recent efforts of the mayor to raise those salaries, is still not making uh, uh, anywhere near what a lot of the uh, departments out of Long Island make, for example, a lot of the departments in uh, New Jersey, and many of the other uh, uh, departments up north. So uh, uh, fund the police appropriately, not only their salaries and benefits, but their training, their equipment. Uh, good news is the pendulum is starting to turn. Recent events in Seattle, recent proposals of the mayor down in Washington, D.C., even the most far-left politicians in some of those cities are finally recognizing they went too far with defund the police, went too far attacking the police continually. Yep. And uh, the chickens have come home to roost. And how are they, uh, what are the eggs they lay? Fear and uh, terror in many of our inner cities. Good news is it's starting to turn slowly, but it's starting to turn. Yeah, thank goodness. Well, former NYPD commissioner um, and obviously a huge supporter of law enforcement in this country, Bill Bratton, we're so happy to have you here on our Back the Blue Day. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you for backing the blue. Always, always. Thank you. Great to have you on. Let's take a break, and when we come back... We have General Jack Keane talking about the latest from Israel and attacks on U.S. bases. You're commuting home. Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, some more attacks on U.S. bases in the Middle East. And President Biden saying, well, if Iran does something, we'll hold them responsible. A lot of people are saying, wow, is that way too tepid of a response? And joining us now is General Jack Keane, Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient, also the former Vice Chief of Staff for the U.S. Army. General, uh, we're so happy to have you here on Cats and Cosby. What what should the U.S. do? And and isn't it way too soft what Biden's even just saying? Well, absolutely. I mean, listen, uh, after the first attack, uh, regardless of there were casualties, that, that that's not the point. The point is, 
that Iran is that is driving the their proxies to attack U.S. troops and attempting to kill them. That's that's what's happening, and that attempt is enough justification. They should have been attacked then. I mean, this is outrageous to be frank about it. You're thinking we have over 13 plus attacks since the October 7th savage invasion of Israel by Hamas. But listen to this, uh, Rita. Since President Biden has been in office, there has been 93 attacks against U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria, and we only responded to a half a dozen of them. So Iran knows full well they can attack American bases in the area and get away with it and and expect not much of anything for the administration to do. Listen, when, when this administration came into power, they did two things almost immediately. I mean, within the first month, they stopped enforcing the Trump maximum sanctions, particularly those dealing with fuel. And they wanted and they never told the Congress that they never told the American people. They wanted to send a message to the Iranians that they were willing to make concessions so they could go back into the nuclear deal. That was the second thing they did. They opened up negotiations. So Iran knew full well that the Biden administration was not going to confront them like Obama did not. And they would also go back into the nuclear deal and be willing to make a, a lot of concessions. And, yeah, and, and they're using the, the oil money. They're using the oil money, General Jack Keane, to, to fund this war machine and attacks on U.S. bases. The other thing is also uh, the weaponry that was left behind in Afghanistan is also being well, found in money, Hamas. Yes. Rita, the oil money, when the Trump administration transitioned to Biden, the oil money was down 200,000 barrels a month. Right now, it's north of three and a half billion going to four billion. So when you say they're using the oil money to fund everything, you're absolutely right. They are flush. This administration permitted that to happen. Both of these are huge policy failures. But the fact that we are not responding when an adversary is shooting at U.S. troops and attempting to kill them, that is really irresponsible. It's unprecedented in, in my mind to have something like that happening. They will respond eventually. But the fact that it's taken this long to do it is just dead wrong. And the American people have every right to speak up about something like this. Thank you, uh, General. Uh, uh, Judge Weinberg, you wanted to say something? General, uh, good to talk to you again, sir. What I'm concerned about is it seems to be this continuing obsession, both of Biden and Obama, of doing this nuclear deal. Why are they so obsessed with doing that when all the empirical evidence before us shows it's a failure of policy, it totally misapprehends who our enemy is, and we're not protecting America? What are your thoughts on that? You know, this is a a bedeviling situation, and I'm glad you brought it up. But this much I do know. During the transition after President Obama was President-elect Obama, his staff put together a, a think piece. And the think piece was is that President Obama could have a rapprochement with Iran similar to Nixon with China and would be the seminal foreign policy objective of his administration and set up him for an historical legacy of diplomatic success. And he wrote a letter to the Supreme Leader before he actually became president in that interim period, starting that process. I think they have 
always been obsessed with this objective and disregarding the uh, the intent of the Iranians and the behavior of the Iranians. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Very much appeasement, uh, clearly, clearly. Uh, General Jack Keen, uh, we love you. you got to come back on again soon, okay? Sure, whatever. You, that's, you know, I'm a New Yorker anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Once a New Yorker, always you. a New Yorker. <laughs> Thank you, General. So great to have you. Here. Right now, uh, we're going to go today being NYPD Day, back to uh, the blue. Uh, we have Terrence Moynihan, NYPD, former chief of department. Absolutely. Chief, great to have you here on, on such a special day. And, you know, one of the things, Chief, too, as we're talking about all these protests that are going on around the country, um, some of them have gotten just downright out of hand of late. There was an attack recently where they were beating officers with bottles and it happened in Brooklyn. Uh, you've gone through this, sadly, during the BLM riots. Talk about just how, how dangerous this moment is. Anytime you have a protest like that, it's extremely dangerous. Uh, people out on the streets, they, there are groups of uh, of people who go to any protest just to attack cops. They'll take whatever causes out there and try and get the crowds to turn on the cops to make it into some sort of big deal. And as we saw in the last protest that we had after George Floyd, you know, cops were attacked, yet protesters ended up pocketing $10,000 a piece after being arrested for attacking on police officers. So. I don't know what's going to stop them from doing it, but uh, shows like yours that, you know, come out there and. And, and that's what's going on, uh, Chief. That's what's going on in uh, uh, Iran. Uh, I hear from my sources that they pay 10,000 Hamas people $10,000 a piece, and they said to them, go have a good time. And they injected them with special drugs that kept them awake for three days. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible what happens, you know. It happens here. It happens around the country. It's just our legal system is the one that decides to pay them, you know, after they've been arrested for violating the law. Uh, Chief, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. Good to talk to you again, sir. I I have to tell you, I find it absolutely reprehensible that the city of New York negotiated with these people. They're our domestic terrorists. They cause enormous harm and damage to the and it was big life. bucks tell and everybody big, how much millions and millions of dollars they these people should number one be in jail number two they should be paying restitution and we're absolutely fools for giving them money if we want to have a civilized society it's time to have public safety and to back law enforcement and if a cop is attacked that cop should be protected when i was sitting in felony arraignments when there's a resisting arrest First question I asked the assistant DA was a police officer injured. If the answer was a police officer was injured, I held that defendant on bail. And that's the mindset you have to have from the judges. And you have to have a city council and a state legislature and a mayor and a governor yeah. who support the cops. We have to take a hard break, but I got one more uh, uh, thing to say. I, I, I gave the speech at the press conference this morning and I said, look, if somebody steals a, a loaf of bread, we can understand no bail. But if somebody is committing a violent crime three times, four times, five times, ten times, maybe that person is not entitled to live along civilized people. Exactly. Exactly. That's why we have judges and we have to give them discretion.
thousand percent. And and I agree, by the way, with the judge. If you go after an officer, throw the book at them. That says something about somebody. Mandatory. Mandatory. Uh, Chief, we love you. We love our men and women in blue. And you got to come back on again soon. It's really great to have you here, Chief. Thank you. Take care. So important. And everybody, we have a quick break. And we have Bob Unanwe, who is a big supporter of our men and women in blue, also cares so much about protecting this country and our borders and so much more right after the break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. All day long, we are honoring our men and women in law enforcement with Back the Blue Ramsey Mazda and also our next guest, who is an enormous supporter today, all day long of Back the Blue. He is one of the greatest patriots out there, and we love him. Bob Unanwe, the CEO of Goya. And, um, and Goya Foods is is a sponsor all the time. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Blue. It's not even – you are 24-7, Bob, of Back the Blue. You are red, white, and blue, and thank you for supporting our men and women today and every day, as John is saying – Bob, why is it so important to you to have their back? Well, Rita, you know, John and, and Judge, uh, what a what a great job as always. You know, congratulations on on your radio station, all the work you're doing, and you know, you backing the blue all for all these years. It's it's what uh, it's this decency and and backing what is good. You know, back the blue. You back the blue. Unfortunately. What the, we turn our back on the blue to defund them. We let the criminals out. You look what's happening to our country. I'm saddened to see that we've gone to a somewhat lawless society. Look at our big cities. We're handing people something for nothing. They don't value things. They don't, we don't value life. I was just recently in Melbourne, which is led by Dr. Ben Carson. What a, an, an incredible. He's a good guy. Oh, he's fantastic. And, you know, he's got these cornerstones of the country. And and I picked up a book while I was there. It was George Washington's Rules of Civility and Decent Behavior in Company and Conversation. It's an interesting little book, but it's Rules of Decency. And this is what our country was founded on. We were, you know, what was decent. We would defend the defenses of the most vulnerable. And we were, in a way, the the blue, the police of the world. We were there to stand up for the innocent. But we've moved away from that. We're not valuing each other. We're not valuing life. You look at what's happened, uh, you know, on the border. 85,000 children have come over the border. They're, they're missing. They're handed over here into, uh, into, sir, into uh, sponsors. There's so much money behind it. We're focused on on greed, on making money off the backs of our babies. So look what's happened in Israel. The children, there is no line to value life. And, you know, going to, I'm listening to you guys and the new speaker, uh, Mike Johnson. He's not uh, Mike Johnson. You know, he's already been coined the MAGA Mike Johnson, the and that the Dems are saying, be careful. How dare you uh, elect somebody that's a MAGA Mike John, like MAGA Mike Johnson? Let me tell you, we need MAGA back. 
We need a, a president who's strong. Before all this, there was no conflict anywhere. Everything was under control. The border was under control. Like Ted Cruz mentioned a, a little while ago, we're now letting uh, terrorists across our border. We've given up our border. And so we need to uh, go back and back the blue, be, be uh, a decent country, love and unite, not hate and destroy. Look at the division with our youth. We're not teaching the youth to be civil to each other. It's hatred. It's not caring for life. God help us. We need to move closer to God and, and on, on, move to the, to the values on which our country was founded. You know, Bob, Bob, you talk, and Bob, you talked about the school too and kids. I'm thinking about all these protests that are happening. Um, you know, George Washington University had a thing up, a projection saying, God bless the martyrs. I'm thinking, you know, like uh, highlighting Hamas. You had a great point about we got to teach our young people about standing up against, you know, for good and against evil. Yes. And, you know, I have hope with the actually with the Latino community, we're going to be the biggest group by 2050 or I'd say next week with the border open like it is. But the Latino holds these values, God, family, work, education. COVID killed our spirit. We need to have a purpose to get up every morning. If we give, look at the big cities. We're not, you know, we're getting things out. We're not valuing life. We're not valuing things. We're not valuing each other. And so we're lacking purpose. We need to get back to moving closer to God with these values, God, family, work. The family's under attack. The human person is under attack. Work is under attack. We need to go back with purpose and strength. If we don't, you know, this country is done. But I have a lot of hope for the future. There's so many good people out there in organizations. We need to back what is good and back the blue. Bob Unanaway, we agree 100% with you. Bob Unanaway, Goya Foods, a uh, a supporter of our police department, and they make the best beans in the world. You know what I had this weekend, Bob? <laughs> I had uh, a bowl of, of, of red beans, chickpeas, black beans <laughs> uh, with dill and olive oil and onions. That was the best meal anybody could have. But thank you for making such a quality product. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you, Bob. And what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, and the American way. way.